on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We continue our breakdown of OU's spring roster with the offensive line. And then former OU safety DeLaren Turner-Yale joins us for an interview to talk about his prep for the NFL draft and his OU career. And we finish up giving you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man Michael Hostie will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, April 18th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Riverwind will be featuring live music and local food trucks every month starting in May for the Beats and Bites Festival. Performers include the Randy Rogers Bad. Randy Rogers Band and Scotty McCreary. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this on Sunday night. Please leave us a five star review and a nice comment while you're at it. And hope everyone had a great Easter. Ted, good Easter. Fantastic Easter. Cannot complain. Had a couple of different Easter egg hunts, had uh, some great food. Awesome day. And the weather, I thought it was going to be terrible today, turned out to be one of the best days of the year. Uh, Can't buy better weather than we got here in the Oklahoma City metro area. It was was very fun watching my son crawl on the ground after Easter eggs. I won't lie, (laughs) or my heart made me very happy. I was smiling all day. But there's one thing that Easter always reminds me of this every year because we go do this thing and there's a buffet right? We do it every year. We go to church, we go to this country club and there's a buffet. I cannot be trusted around a buffet. I just, it's dude, it's bad. At one point, my wife was like, honey, is is that your fourth plate? I was like, fifth. You're starting to create a scene here. (laughs) People are judging us. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it was, it was, it was probably a little much. Yeah, but I I it's I don't go to buffets often for that reason. I simply I can't be trusted, man. It's just it gets it gets bad. It was like French toast, fried chicken, just oh, it was just pasta. It was all of it. They were like you're supposed to choose like 
one lane and I just was like, nope, I'm just going to come back and do them all. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nothing like good food, though. Good food, good weather. It was awesome. Yeah, so hope you guys had a tremendous Easter. All right, let's get to some OU football. We're talking offensive line. Offensive line. And I, I want to start by saying this. Brent Venables and kind of his demeanor, uh, his expectations, the way that he holds guys accountable, I will say it is it's, it aligns very well with Phil Beatonbow's style. Right. It that is that is just like that. That's exactly how Bill wants to coach his guys and treat his guys. So I, I think that in itself is is a very positive thing for the guys in that offensive line room. And maybe the most important thing that I've been able to witness and talk to some of these players about is the fact that there has been a mentality change in that room. And they realize how they're supposed to practice. They realize that Beanbow wasn't being ridiculous last year or the year before trying to get them to practice the way he wanted them to practice. Now they know. And I think that's a, that's a huge step for the group. And this, this group of guys, while they got a long, long way to go, I think that mentality change and understanding what it's supposed to look like each and every day, that has resulted in a real determination from the entire room to get better and to understand what it takes to get better at this position. And I, I do think it. there's no doubt that all the criticism that they got last year. And I know I was one of the most vocal critics of that group last year. All the criticism they got last year certainly is a motivating factor for this season, but there's a lot that has changed since the end of the season. And I think that overall it's been very, very positive in how it has affected this offensive line room. And that's a really good place to start Ted. Well, I, I totally agree. I think, I think the best that offensive line, or the the best they've played in years past, and, and this isn't just Bills' offensive lines. It's going back, you know, as far as you want to go, are groups that play with attitude, play with physicality, and play with discipline. And I, you know, I, I think that. Everything about the way they've practiced all spring is about developing attitude, developing physicality, and developing discipline. I mean, the way they start off practice with either some type of physical drill, um, you know, the the just the demeanor, the the intensity, it just ups everyone's level. And I think, just like you said, and it's one of those things that we had talked about early on that like, this is going to mesh really well with the way Coach Beanbow wants to coach. Not just Venables and, and the way he structures practice and how accountable he holds everyone, but also the strength and conditioning, right? That factors into it too. 
So I think you, whenever you combine all of that, it, it creates a really good environment for, for the offensive line to have some big improvement over last season. Yeah. Beaten bow and Schmitty see eye to eye. They are, they are cut from the same cloth. It is about making guys push through things as opposed to coddling them. And when the strength and conditioning staff now has a similar mentality, and now you've got an offensive line or excuse me, an offensive coordinator that was an offensive lineman. He understands the position. He knows what it takes to be great at the position. It, it changes the mentality of the room, right? And I, I think that what Jeff Levy brings, first of all, just look at the guy. I mean, the guy's built like a, like a house. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at him and he, the, these O-linemen, they understand that Lebby is trying to set them up for success. And he understands what they're trying to accomplish, and he understands what they have to do and how they have to do it to accomplish what's he, what he wants in his scheme. That is different. That's different than what has been here in the past, and that's just, that's just Lebby being an offensive line guy. And if someone's like, well, does that really matter? It does. Like it, it does when you are that it's only natural when you are listening to someone else rip into you about what you are doing. If they don't know a ton, a lot of like, you know, a ton about your world, you're like, okay, man, I mean, all right. But when they played the same position as you and they went through it and you know that, you know, they're kind of one of you. It hits a little different. I, I, it, that's just that's just human nature, and that's that's a big part of kind of how football works. I, I, I don't know, but I, I think like all of this combined, Schmitty, Lebby, Beanbow, kind of having more allies in the way that he wants to go about doing things. Like I don't know, it's just a, it's a better recipe for success for this group. No, I I totally agree, and you've heard. Kale Gundy said a couple of different times about Lebby that he's the most well-rounded offensive coordinator that he's ever been around. And it's because he's coached pretty much all of the positions at one time or another, played offensive line. Now he's doing the quarterback thing. So, yeah, and I, I think it, it just makes for the perfect kind of mix. And what I wanted to ask you is, because we talked about some of Bill's philosophy and, and how he's coached some of the run game stuff and like what maybe he personally wanted to do a little bit more of. Like how has Lebby's offense and like Bill's style of what he wanted to do, like how's that mesh together? I think really well because Bill's known Lebby for a really long time. I, he recruited Lebby when he was at Tech. Like that's like So it is the, the, the philosophical blend is good. Now it's just, you, you look at what Levy likes to do in the run game. It's just a lot of variations of zone. And it's like right in between outside zone and inside zone. I call it like mid zone. And that's, that's what Bill likes. And, and there's, they're still going to do some of the counter stuff, but different variations of it. Like you'll see more of the counter stuff where a guard's pulling and then a tight end is, is the second puller as opposed to the GT stuff. Now, would I be surprised if they sprinkled that in every once in a while? No, 
it's a great wait for it counter in the running game. Like you, that's the, there'll be some of that stuff in there, but Lebby really is. He loves the variations with different motions, different actions in the backfield to get to very similar mid zone concepts, whether that's regular mid zone split zone, you know, guys going in motion behind the plate. There's a lot of eye candy in there. It's similar to some of the stuff we saw from Lincoln, you know, in the backfield to just confuse safeties and linebackers, draw their eyes. And of course you've got the, you know, the threat of Dylan Gabriel being able to run it a little bit. So it's not, it, it's not like they're reinventing the wheel. You know what I mean? I right. think that as far as, as far as the biggest difference in the philosophy for me is your number one run play is no longer this play that takes forever to hit the line of scrimmage where you're basically just walling guys off. Now your top run play is, hey, move that dude off the line of scrimmage. Roll his ass to the second level. Double and, and sifting up. And you're, and you're practicing that every single day with that mentality every single day zone combo that guy into that backer and get great at it because we're going to run 20 variations of this play they're all going to look the same but listen this is what we do and of course he's going to have game plan runs he's going to see stuff where you know defenses have weaknesses they've shown vulnerabilities against concepts of course that's going to happen that's good coaching and Jeff Levy and Bill Beatenbow are damn good coaches, but I just love kind of the mentality change of like aggressiveness coming off the ball with velocity. I call it velocity, right? Velocity has speed and direction. If anyone is a physics nerd, you know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's just, it's less passive than like all of that position blocking that we ended up seeing some of that GT counter stuff have towards, towards, you know, kind of the last couple of years. So I just, I just think it changes like a lineman's frame of mind going into a season, going into a game, knowing they're like, Hey, you know, our number one run play, we're going to run it 20 times, maybe 25 times in a game, some variation of mid zone. And I'm going to get to roll off the ball combo with my buddy and bury this dude. And like that just, as opposed to like, and I cannot stress how much more fun that is for the centers as opposed to being like, oh, I'm going to, I am going to block back 20 times a game and hope that someone from the front side of the plate doesn't fall into my legs and break my ankle. Like I can't stress how much better that is playing sitter in this scheme than it was in the last one. I, it just, oh, well, I, oh my god. The gosh. beauty of it, I think is, that you mentioned there's there's a lot of eye candy and guys coming across the formations, different backfield sets. Um, maybe you add a, a tight end as a split zone type of, of concept or something like that. But all of that, you can do it a million different ways, but it's all blocked the exact same. Yes. Right? And a lot of the running game from previous years was all blocked differently. Like there was a bunch of different, type of blocking schemes for the way the running game pieced together instead of this. And I know there's still going to be some gap stuff in there that you mentioned, but the meat and potatoes is all going to be in, in offensive line terms, the exact same thing. 
That's and if you get really good at that exact same thing, then but you got to remember that mid zone play, you build a ton of stuff off it, right? All the play action stuff, the boot stuff. Like if you want to change the launch point in the pocket and you can build it off that, like if you get good at running that concept, even though you can do it out of different formations, different motions, different shifts, like all of that stuff. That's why you see so many teams in the NFL majoring in zone running, right? Because first of all, it's the hardest concept to defend defensively because there's so many variables. Like it just, it changes things. It allows the running back to be an athlete, uses vision, uses talent, like all of that stuff. And it makes the defense react, man. That was my, and you, we, we talked a lot about this. Like if you're on the front side of that counterplay, like, you know, what's coming. Like when, when you're trying to defend zone and you can speak to this better than I can, but when you're trying to defend zone as a defensive lineman or a linebacker, it's like, I need to stay in my gap. I need to stay in my gap. I need to stay in my gap. These guys are running off the ball. I'm trying to find the ball. Like it's, it's just, I think it's way more difficult to defend this new running style. Now, if they go into the season and they can't block worth a shit and they can't run the ball at all, then I'll say, yeah, I was wrong. But I, I, I believe in what Levy does. I believe. And then you factor in the tempo and all that. That's a different conversation. But just looking at like the core concepts of his running game that I've studied over the, you know, watching his teams at Ole Miss the last couple of years, man, it's, it's, it's not the most complicated stuff in the world, but if you get really good at it, it's damn hard to stop. I mean, that's yep. been proven. Yep. Well, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Whenever you, you piece it all together, it's, it's not necessarily the, the scheme that is difficult. It's the, the speed at which it's thrown at you. Uh, obviously if it's done physically and you're worn down and you're tired, that makes it even worse. Uh, fatigue makes a coward out of any man. That's what they always say. Right. And, that's that's the best way to do it. Wear you down and just keep punching you in the face with it. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, we went down like a philosophy rabbit hole there. I, should, I, blacked out. I shouldn't have asked you that question, maybe. That, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why we podcast. This is why this isn't a radio show where we have to take commercial breaks. That's okay, right. let's talk some tackles. Let's start with Anton Harrison. I know a lot of people saw the clip of Ethan Downs giving him the business in the W drill. And it's like, it's like maybe he, did he not hear the whistle? I don't know. He didn't look like he even really started. I, I will say this. I had so many people DM me that clip because I was so hard on Anton last year. And I'm going to continue to be very hard on him because he's got so much talent, but This young man has come a long way. My big frustration with him last year was I didn't think he played very hard and I wasn't sure how much he cared. And that wasn't just on game day. That was on the practice field, in the classroom, just like doing everything the right way. I am told this guy is completely bought in now. I've had multiple coaches tell me, Night and day difference. 
had one coach tell me, it's like he's a different human. And he has done everything that Jerry Schmidt has asked him to do. He's in much better condition. He's going to have to continue to get an even better condition because we want him to be a dominant player, obviously. But you also have the tempo factor of the way that Levy wants to run the offense. But he is putting in the work. And he is handling all his business in the weight room, in the meeting room, in the classroom. And would you look at this? He's doing all of that right. And he's playing much better football on the practice field. That is not a coincidence in my mind. Now, he still, he still has a lot to work on, right? He, he's got to play with lower pads. He's got to play with better technique. He needs, he needs to be more proactive with his hands in pass protection. But this spring, you know, the winter in the spring with Schmitty has been huge for him the the mentality change has taken place and now it's time to see how good he can get with the talent that he's got and I think they're going to be able to bring it out of him man and I just I hope he keeps going the way that he's going because everything I'm hearing man it's it's exciting because I really don't want to have to come on here during this season and crush this kid anymore because I think he can play some damn good football if he, if he continues on this trajectory. Well, that's good. I mean, this, he, he plays one of the most important positions on the entire field. And if he's flipped his mindset and he's bought in, then that's a good thing. Here's the thing. I feel like in the past, you had the out or the ability to somewhat coast a little bit and like not everyone was on the same page about holding everyone accountable. Right. And, and the demands that were, were being asked of everyone, you don't really have that luxury anymore. No Head coach to position coach to strength and conditioning coach. And even all the way through like, the rest of the facility, all of the other people that are working there, the, it's, it's different. And you better buy in and dig in and start playing your best football and at least get better and improve and, and play with that type of intensity every day or life is going to be miserable and you're going to get left behind. That's that's a great way of putting it. I man, I wish I could see. I wish I was in the film session of that W drill rep he had against Downs. He almost got uh Beanbow's ACL torn there. Someone that, got thrown uh, into hey, him. Let's can we can we give Beanbo a shout out for the athleticism? It there was staying good. up. Pretty good. He Little hand to protect his knee. I like it. He wasn't even he wasn't even looking at the play. It was all like through his peripheral because he was looked right at Harrison still still yelling at him about whatever just went down. That was great. What are you doing? I know exactly. That's exactly what he was saying. I'm sure. Okay. Wanye Morris. This guy has completely changed his body. Now he's still my man still got a thick lower half. There's no doubt about it. Big booty Judy. Oh, Wanya Morris, but 
he's in much better condition, man. He, he has, he's changed his attitude, you know, very similar to what I said about Anton, just talking to the strength and conditioning staff about Wanye, his level of investment has changed. I mean, he is, he is taking pride in the way he's handling everything, workouts, practice, class, tutors, like everything. And the coaches say he's just, he's locked in and he's a different guy. And that should translate to him playing some good football. And it has now he still, he still needs to get stronger. He still needs to use his hands better. He needs to be, you know, a little, he needs to be more violent. That's probably the best way to put it. Guy's got to be more violent, but been a little banged up here toward the end of spring ball. But before that, I mean, he had put a string of practices together that were by far the best practices he's had since he's been here. And it's not even close. Just consistent, just locking guys down in pass protection, moving guys off the ball in the zone running game. Assignments were clean, no mental errors, like that type of stuff. And that's progress, man. And he, he is, he's nowhere near a finished product. But I will say this, when he showed up and got out on the practice field for the first time, right, remember, came in with all that hype, it started as a freshman at Tennessee, it did, it did not look the way that they thought it was going to look. And now it looks a lot like the way they thought it was going to look. And that's, that's big time because he is, he is a pivotal player for this football team, right? Because he's played, he's played in some games. Like now he's got the right attitude. They need a right tackle, man. And if he can continue to improve the way he has and continue the work, with the mentality that he now has, he can be a really good right tackle. I mean, really, really solid. So, once again, very exciting. Very exciting. Well, it's it's a very common thread, whether it's, you know, um, defensive guys that we've talked about, offensive linemen. There's a lot of guys that are supposedly – different guy this spring compared to what we've seen in the fall and in, in previous times. And if that holds true and we're talking about, cause this isn't just a Wanya Morris thing. It's not just an Anton Harrison thing. How many, how many guys have we heard this about? It's like a lot. majority of the roster, like anyone that you talk about pretty much. I, if that is, if that's a legitimate deal, and it's not just kind of people getting caught up in the moment with it. Like your entire roster sounds like it's going to be like head and shoulders better than it was a season ago in, in all aspects, in the weight room, uh, on the field, like across the board, that that's some vast improvement in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And Talent with discipline wins a lot of football games normally. Yeah. Discipline matters, man. I discipline matters. There's there's no way around it, especially at this age group with this amount of guys 
you've got to have discipline. And I, that's, I think this is, I mean, yeah. obviously it's more than Schmitty, but I, I think it's the strength and conditioning is where it all starts for me. You know, being Bo, and he, he said that we did the huddle, but he's, he, he's told me this before. He, and he, the, the way that he says it is interesting. He's like, Hey, young guys, like they want discipline. They want, Cause like, it almost makes their life easier. Like, Hey, these are the expectations. If you don't do it, this is what happens. Try. Like there's no, like it, it is black and white now in this program with what they expect you to do and what happens if you don't meet that expectation. Like there's no gray area. It's no, there's not any leniency. Like it is what it is. And I, it sounds like the guys, and I know it's not going to be for everybody and we'll see who hops into the portal. Like, I think it's naive to believe that no one's going to hop into the transfer portal after spring ball is over. Like that's going to happen, but yeah, you're right. It's like, we keep hearing this, like, Oh, he's a new guy. Oh man. He's completely bought it. Like, Either we're being lied to or it's happening, man. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is, I, I mean, I think some of, sometimes like, there's like a new energy, right? Whenever you, there's, there's change happening and everyone like, buys in and there's, there's just like this surge of, of like, and, and this is like in business, this is anywhere. There's like this surge of energy and, okay, here's how we're going to do it. This is awesome. Um, I think this is going to work. And then slowly but surely you settle back into the old way, right? And you kind of lose that buzz and you lose that hunger and energy. Well, that's, I can assure you that that isn't going to happen. Like, there is no, we'll just settle back into to how we've been doing things. So it makes me believe that yes, it's happened. And yes, it's real and sustainable. Yeah. Okay. Other tackles we need to talk about. Savion Bird. I think he he just might be the most talented guy in the room. And he just needs and and it's hard, it's hard to have confidence, like have a lot of confidence when you haven't gone out there in games and done it. Right. But if he could just gain some confidence, if I, I don't know if I could inject it into him, I would. But if he was just a little more confident and a little more sure of himself, dude, the sky's the limit for this kid. Now, there's no doubt he needs to be more consistent on the practice field. Like there, there are some moments where he looks like one of the best offensive linemen in the country. And then there's other moments where you're like, dude, what are you doing? Where are you going? Which is not exactly uncommon with the young offensive lineman, but it is just, it's maddening. It's maddening at times, but you, you can't be up and down like that and play for Beatonville. You just can't. So if he can gain that confidence, be just completely sure of what he's doing in this new system that Levy's installing, Man, he can he can play some some valuable snaps for this team, but he's got to put it all together on the field. The guy works his ass off in the weight room. He's strong. He's athletic. He can run like he is. He is a 
high level. Like he is one of the guys that you talk to the coaching staff and they say, Hey, if he figures it all out, guys going in the first round, but he's got to figure it all out. He's got to figure it all out. And this staff is going to continue to push him and force him to figure it all out. And when he does, you got to be a damn good football player, but it just, it's not, it's not quite there yet. Not quite. See, my question with bird is guard until he starts to figure some things out and gains a little bit more experience. Cause he's only what he's only a red shirt freshman, right? Right. No, he's, I mean, he's a young, he's a young player and I, when you look at the three tackles that I think are are the most talented, right? Bird makes the most sense to bump inside, in my opinion. Whether it's right guard, left guard, like, but I just I don't know. I don't know because he he certainly, I mean, he even kind of looks like a guard, looks like a super athletic like guard, but I. Usually, if guy can't figure it out a tackle and can't handle it, yeah, you just bump it, bump him in. But I, I don't know, man, because Wanye's been practicing at such a high level, and Anton's been practicing at such a higher level than you know than he has been that it's it's like okay, how could if he's one of your best five, you want to get him on the field? I understand what you're saying. It may be one of those things where, like, that's the easy move, but let's stress him at tackle for through the spring, probably even through training camp. And then once you've done that and got him a bunch of experience at tackle, and then you're into the season and maybe, maybe at that point you start looking at bumping him in, but I don't know. No, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Other tackles, Aaron parks. It's a name you need to know now, right? I mean, now he had to miss some practices early in spring ball, but, they really like the pro- the progress they've seen from him. Uh, he's improved his mobility. He's in better shape. Plays with some solid balance. When I've seen him, I mean, this is a guy that is he's going to be in the mix at right tackle. Like when Wanye had to miss, Aaron Parks was taking taking reps with the ones. So he is a guy that I think Bill is he, he's starting to recognize that he he can. He can provide some consistency. He's got good size at 6'5", 3", I think he's just under 315 right now. So he's a guy that, you know, they were help, they were hoping could give them some depth. And they're they're pleased with the progress he's made for sure. Yeah. Well, I know that depth is going to be critical, and it always is, especially at at tackle. Um, you know, we've seen years where you don't have depth and you've got to mess with your entire offensive line, bump a guy out. He's got to play a new position and get acclimated. And it's, it's nice to see that there's a, a pretty deep little roster here of guys that are improving and, and getting some good solid play at tackle. Yeah. Last guy, Tyler Gart, Tyler Guyton, the transfer from TCU, just a massive human. He's <laughs> I mean, huge. But he's 325, he's 6'7", 325, and he looks skinny. Yeah. Like, it's he, he is a guy that just give him some time. Give him some time. Uh, he's got a great attitude, uh, really cares, and I think, I think he can be a solid pe- player. He just 
He needs some physical and some technical development. But you look at the raw materials, yeah, I think that uh, Beatenbow's pretty excited about what he could become, but I think that's more down the line. But you never know. Like, if he has if he has a great summer with Schmitty, maybe, maybe he ends up in the mix. We'll see. But he is just a big dude. <laughs> like, he walked yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, whose helmet is a gigantic helmet that's taller than everyone else's out there just moseying around? Pretty funny. Yeah, and he wears, like, a hoodie under his pads, and you're like, what? <laughs> he just... It's a big guy. All right, let's talk some interior offensive line. Everyone's favorite position. Oh, yeah. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. I feel like I really hit that one. That one you felt did. good. You did that. Thanks, uh, man. Vibrato, you just really held that out. There's pretty good. Thanks, man. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile to go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, Stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery, soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use our promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and Oklahoma City Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. McCade Matower. I think I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to ask him yet. Matar. Matower. Matower sounds better, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's it. So, guy played a lot of football at Cal. As as you guys know, uh, solid player and getting better. Guy's a grinder, just gets it. He's an O-lineman, man. He's just physical. I mean, will mix it up. Guy knows how to work. Weird, and, uh, kind of dirty, Like hangs around at the same group of guys in the locker room with their weird inside jokes. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> he And I'll say this. He is a very similar body type to Ben Powers. Like, and I... I don't know if it's just because he's wearing 72, but you look at him and you're like, oh, that when I saw him for the first time, I was like, oh, that guy kind of looks like Ben Powers, like his body. And I'm weird. I just look at like, I don't even look at faces. I'm just looking at the body type of the guy. Now, I'll say this. I hope he ends up playing like Ben Powers. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yep. That'd, that'd be awfully nice. Stug. But they've been really pleased with his toughness, um, really pleased with how he has kind of integrated himself into the program. I expect him to be a starter. I, I I do. I think that he's just, he's consistent. He's reliable. He's mature, strong. Like he's everything you want in an interior guy. And I, I think that Bill's really, really pleased with, with how he's looked so far. It's good. Like when you've got guys that are, it, it it's kind of weird to say, but we need some experience in there, right? Need a little bit of that grit, 
that that kind of grindy nastiness that you're talking about. So uh, to add him on the interior, that that's excellent. And it sounds like, you know, if if the tackle spot comes together and interior stays healthy, that like the three interior guys could end up having a really high ceiling. Yeah, certainly helps if you have good tackles. You yep. get good tackle play. All right, Chris Murray. He's just in way better shape than he was in last season. And there was a couple times last year I was like, man, what do, what are we doing? Why are we why why are we looking the way we're looking? And he's he's tightened it up. He's tightened up. And th- I will say this about Chris, and I'll I'll be I will be open about this. I like Chris as a guy. He's awesome. So I I have some bias towards this dude. He man, I just like how much pride he takes in his play. And this is one of those guys. I just wish if, if he was six four, he would be. I mean, he'd be a first rounder because he got the right mentality. He's got good technique. Like he cares. He wants to get better. All of that stuff. And he's really he's working on getting better with his hands. And something that I talked to him about, and that he is focusing on, is man, you have to understand your limitations, right? With with your lack of length. And tried to explain to him, like, hey, you need to protect yourself against some of that stuff, right? You need to not put yourself in bad spots. Like, and now he understands a little more. That's like, dude, you have short arms. You should never punch someone and press them away. Like, never do that. Do not let them restart ever, you short arm T Rex looking <laughs> dude. Uh, grab uh, just dude start just grab everyone all the time hold all the time and so he's he's starting to understand some of that stuff and he's in a battle for the right guard spot and you know there's been points in spring ball where you know he'd been relegated to second team and now he's back up to first team and it's just he is he is down for the battle and it's it's all about him wanting to be the best player he can be. And I just, I like everything about it. I like the kid's vibe also, but he is, he's a solid guy that has played, he's played a lot of football. So, I mean, if that's, if that's the worst you're going to do at right guard, there's a lot of teams in the country that this kid would start for. So I, I know he's not the size you want your starting guard to be, but he's, he's a solid player that, has the right attitude and he cares, man. He cares. So if he ends up being the right guard, I know this when he trots out there on game day, he's going to give it all he's got. And it's really all you can ask for. I I could be wrong, but I feel like this, this type of running scheme is way more suited for his strengths to where he can just blow off the football combo up to the backer and instead of like the position stuff it is much better and it allows him like because he's not a tall dude right mm-hmm. you you come off the football with low pads and some leverage in the zone running game you can move some dudes now and with how aggressive he is kind of the nastiness he plays with like he he's a physical guy that also he's got some weight room strength so, yeah, it's been, you know, running game-wise, it's been, I think it's been a really good change for him 
like you're saying, allows him to come off the rock and, and use that aggression and use that mentality he plays with. And that's why he's, I mean, he, I'm telling you there, there's bigger guys, but he, he's not going down without a fight. I mean, I, I will not be surprised at all. If he's your starting right guard against UTEP, not at all. Yeah. Well, I like it. I, I know that, um, one of the things that you had talked about with him is that he, he's kind of, a he can be a road grader type of guy when given that type of opportunity. So, uh, I like to hear that he's picking up on some of those things, some of the nuance, which is what happens as you get more experience, you start to, like he said, learn your limitations. Like as soon as you know, everything good enough to where you start learning how your body mechanics and everything fit into the puzzle. That's whenever you're about to start taking some big steps as a player. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, Marcus Alexander. This guy's in the mix. He's in the mix for a starting guard position. He has, he's worked really hard on his body, and he's still got some more work to do. But he's lost weight, has worked, has, has certainly, um, certainly felt the effects of Jerry Schmidt. But if he can lose a little more weight, get in a little better shape, man, I've seen some snaps. This dude is moving people. I mean, absolutely coming off the rock and moving people. And one of the reasons, like, he, he's got to get in better shape because they're playing with that tempo that they're playing with. Like, he just – you have to be in really, really good shape to, to keep up with Levy's system as an offensive lineman. But there's, there's no doubt they're, they're excited about the progress that Marcus Alexander has made. And he's playing – it's not even close. He's playing his best football since he's been at OU. So he'll, he'll be battling for, if I had to guess, he'll be battling for that right guard spot. But yeah, another guy that really hasn't been a factor the last couple of years that is now certainly in the mix. That's good. I, again, just like tackle, I like that there's starting to be a, a decent amount of depth at some of the interior spots. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some center. Now I will say this. Bray Walker. He's a massive human being. There's no doubt about it. But you, you just have you, – you've got to be reliable. You have to be reliable to play snaps for Bill Beatonbow. And he just hasn't quite gotten there. And I know that he's an Oklahoma guy and he's a five-star guy. We're all rooting for him, right? But it just – it has to be more consistent if he wants to get on the field. I know a lot of people have asked, you know, will, will this be the year where it all clicks for him? I – I don't see it happening personally, but you never know. There's a there's a lot that can happen between now and between when we kick this thing off in the fall. I still wish they would have moved him to D-line. The Jordan Davis? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I will say this. He's huge. I mean, sometimes. And like, strong as hell. He's huge and strong as hell. Like, I know, I don't know how often, like, Venables plays. I haven't seen, like, their short yardage and goal line, like, looked at it or anything. But, like, I don't know if they ever play, like, a bear or anything and have a guy just head up on the center and say, just destroy that guy. I mean, I don't know. I I think, like. I can whenever- tell you from experience, if, if Bray Walker came out there just for, like, short yardage and goal line, 
I would be so sad. Like that's what I'm saying. Just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, just go, just destroy that one guy right there. And I think like if you've been somewhere for as long as Bray has, and you're stuck, like you're you're in a rut, right? And you probably have given up on being uh, a starter or any type of like game changer for the team. And then you're given a new role, man, it could light a fire under someone. It really can. No doubt. All right. A couple centers to talk about. Andrew Rame. I'll start here. He seems like he's in a much better place mentally. Has way more confidence. Uh, he's got a new mentality. And I think he, he's excited about how motivated everyone in the offensive line room is to, to get better. And unfortunately, he's missed the most. He's missed the majority of spring ball, which is which is not ideal, right? When you're installing a new offense, when you've got these, you know, these new schemes under Levy. But I, I want. I, I think this is likely to be the starting center. You know, when the season rolls around, but stuff happens. So you you know he hasn't. He hasn't gotten to take a ton of reps during spring ball, but he he needs to have a great summer. Got to have a great summer, and it's kind of one of those things where I'll you know wait and see, but I, I can't wait to see what he looks like in the fall. It's really frustrating that he's missed so much spring. Uh, of all the people that I feel like needed to have a ton of time and be in that grind, and have beaten Bo like all over him for all of the spring. I feel like it was rain. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Beaten Bo was all over him last year, <laughs> but he, I, I, everything I've heard is good. So we'll we'll see. But there's really not much to, you know, talk about when it comes to his progress as a player because there's just the snaps haven't been there. You know, so. Mm-hmm. That means Robert Conchal is taking a bunch of snaps at center. And dude is solid. I mean, he is uh, – I mean, when you talk about having him as a backup interior guy, he's a valuable piece to this football team. Now, there's guys that are definitely more talented, but there will be no hesitation putting him out there. And you know what he's going to do on the field. You know what you're getting. And no one can question that dude's toughness. He's practiced all spring with the club on his left hand, and he's got a great beard. So Which I is miserable. Oh, a club on the hand in playing football is miserable. It's it's not fun, but he's handled it like a champ. <laughs> he handled it like a champ. All right, let's get to call your shot, and we ask you guys what you're excited about when it comes to OU's OL. And this first response from, comes from TJ Coffee, who says. The fact that they'll spend the offseason in a legitimate strength and conditioning program that is tailored to helping them maul people. Well, there you go. I I could not agree any more with that. That is superb. Same thing uh, I've been that's been on my mind since Schmitty was hired. And then this other one comes from Martin Chase, who says, Wait, is this Martin Chase, the defensive lineman? That played at OU? Hmm. It's got to be. The picture is of him playing. <laughs> yeah, so if you don't know who Martin Chase was, that was a bad dude now. 
That's awesome. The big bad dude. But his response was physicality, physicality, and more physicality. Yes. And uh, that's basically the W drill they do, right? It's physicality, physicality, then more physicality on three levels. Um, it's great that if if this spring has been anything, it's been physical, which is awesome and needed. It has been, I will say this, it has been jarringly physical where you're just like, damn, they're doing all that. I mean, that's. It, it it won't be a soft football team. I can guarantee you that. No. Nope. Won't be a, a soft football team. And it won't be a out of shape football team. And being in great shape and physical will get you a long way in this sport. Yeah. Remember what happened in the fourth quarter against Baylor last year? Uh, yeah. Well, I I don't know what was different about the fourth quarter than the rest of the quarters. Like they ran the ball like 50 times on us for 400 and something yards. That's what I remember. <laughs> but, but the fourth quarter was especially bad <laughs> that, uh, yeah. yeah, I would anticipate them not wearing down like they did, uh, in, in that game. We'll see. All right. Birthday shout outs. Happy 10th birthday to Madia Rue Hamilton. Madia yeah. M A U. D-I-A. Madia? Madia. Madia? Madia. It's got to be Madia, right? Madia. Yep. Happy 14th birthday to Carson Baker. Dags? Happy 16th birthday to Jonathan Caffey. Happy 16th birthday birthday to Ollie Fries. Freeze. Happy s- Ollie Freeze. Fries. Definitely fries. fries. You nailed it. Ollie Don't fries. second guess yourself. Okay. Happy 16th birthday to Lane Mc. Donald. Happy 21st birthday to Erica Hurd. Be safe. Happy 29th birthday to Jessica Gamboa. Happy 30th birthday to Brett Nungesser. Happy 30th birthday to Emily Taves. Happy 30th birthday to Hannah Millsap. Happy 33rd birthday to Sarah Burkhalter. And happy 78th birthday to Jim F. George. And a couple of late additions here, Ted. Happy birthday to Dr. Aubrey Lucas. And happy birthday to Bella Benitez. B-E-L-L-E. Bell? Bella. Bell. Bell Benitez Bell. or Bella. We'll do them both. Bell <laughs> slash Bella Benitez. Happy birthday. All right, let's talk to Delarian Turner Yell. Let's do it. DTY. But first. It's time to get back out on the golf course, people. <laughs> it's time to get back out on the golf course, you, people. You almost <laughs> forgot, but then you didn't. <laughs> that was the worst start to a read ever. <laughs> it's time to get back out on the golf course, people, and there's nothing better to drink on the course than the number one seltzer in golf, Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for the golf course either. They're perfect to drink by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is coming out in May. 
To find a place near you that has clubbies, visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Yeah, you do. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, Connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. All right, here he is, D-T-Y. It is our pleasure to be joined by a former Oklahoma Sooner. Yeah, that's right, man. You're getting old. Delaren Turner Yell is in the house. What's going on, D-T-Y? Not much, man. You know, just taking it day by day. How about you? I am I'm doing well. Now I, I do have I do have a bone to pick with you because I, I felt like we had developed a close bond. Right. right. But bro, why did you not tell me you were so fast? Like why I feel like you were keeping secrets, bro. Like what was that? What what I thought we were friends, man. I mean, I, I felt that is as if it was obvious, you know. I didn't feel like I needed to know to know like let you know. I felt like you, you know, you saw me play every Saturday, so you kind of knew. But I mean, I'll take I'll take that one. You know, that's on me. I should let you know that before. You know, I went out to the combine and did what I did. So, well, that was awesome. Um, I, I guess maybe it's not that it was unexpected. I was just thrilled with that result, and uh, I know you were too. What was some of the feedback that you heard after you blazed that number out there? Um. Well, mo- most teams were, were kind of like surprised, um, just because you know before I ran it. A lot of teams had me projected to run a four six, and so I'm like, like I, I got the numbers back, you know, as far as like projection wise. I'm like four six, like what? Like I've never run a four six in my life, and so I was like, I told my agent because he was kind of questioning me, like, you know, are you gonna run at the combine? Or are you gonna wait till pro day? And I was like, no, I'm definitely running at the combine because I, I know, you know, that I'm definitely not running the four six, and I knew that, you know, if I ran it at the combine, it could help me, and so once I once I did run it, uh, run that, you know, the four four at the combine, a lot of teams, you know. It was kind of like like three teams a day was just like, you know, trying to get on the phone with me. And the, and you could tell that they were, like, excited about it because every time they would get on the phone with me, they would joke around. Like, every time they turn my film, I'm like, oh, you ran like a 4-7 at the combine, right? And then, like, I'll laugh it off with them. But you could tell that they were definitely surprised by it. Well, I, I think that's a good thing. Now, is that something you knew, like, as you were training – for the combine and getting ready. Cause we, we, we all know, we all, you know, Teddy and I both went through it as well. Like it's, it's very important like and it's nerve wracking. There's a lot of stress that goes into it, but did you know that teams thought you were slow already? So did you like use that as motivation? Was that something you were thinking about through the entire training process? Right. Yeah. So even, uh, I trained at, uh, Bomberitos down in Fort Lauderdale. And so the guys that we're working out with, you know, I was telling them like every time, you know, we had like a speed workout or something like that, I would just let them know that like, you know, this is what's motivating me. You know, teams think this, but I know what I'm capable of doing. And so every day that I was just going to work out there, 
I just kept that in the back of my mind and I just couldn't wait to be able to showcase it in front of everyone. Well, you know, you're, you're, the year you had was excellent, man. I, I can't say enough about how good of a football player you are. And ultimately that's what matters, you know, uh, numbers and everything. That's a piece of the puzzle, but you know, the experience that you brought to the defense, I thought you were the best tackler that we had for the last several years. Um, you knew all of the coverages. You were the guy getting everyone lined up on the back end. I mean, overall, I think that, at least in my opinion, is what's going to draw the most attention from some of those teams out there. Is that kind of what you've heard from them? Um, so it's, it's kind of like split, split in half. Um, some teams kind of try to, you know, say like you're 5'10", you know, they kind of try to worry about like the size aspect of it. And then I get on a call with other teams and they're like, you know, like you can really play football. Like you understand the way that the game is supposed to be played. Like, you, you know, you're very physical. You're not scared to, you know, come up and make contact. And so it's kind of like when I'm having those conversations with teams that are saying, you know, that I really can play football, I'm like, yeah, like I'm surprised that like everyone isn't saying that whenever I talk to them. So whenever, you know, they try to talk to me about like the size and things like that, I'm like, man, like just turn on the tape. Like at the end of the day, the tape isn't going to lie. And, you know, what you see on tape, like that's me. And that's what, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, giving uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing that, you know, to any team that decides to draft me. So. So looking back at last season, I just, I, it's a pretty simple question, but it may be simple yet complex. Why could the defense not function at a high level without you on the field? Is that, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there because Teddy, you know, Teddy and I talked about it a lot that you, you know, when, when you were out with the hammy, it became pretty damn clear to us that, your communication, whether it was you and Pat and the way that you guys communicated and then it communicated communicated everything to the rest of the defense, it was clear to us that there, there was a big void when it came to the communication in the back end of the defense when you weren't on the field. So, like, I'm not asking – I don't think I'm asking you to throw anyone under the bus, but it's just like why couldn't it function at the same level without you out there? Right. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, good but answer. it was kind of, that's a good, an that's, that's a good but, answer. But, he didn't throw anyone under the bus. I like that. But to be honest, it didn't really seem as if like, you know, when I wasn't there that like, you know, people are like busting coverages, but like, I would see like on Twitter sometimes, like not even like going to like search my name or anything. Like I'm just scrolling. I literally see like, you know, the defense is like, like doesn't play well when, you know, he's, he isn't there and things like that. I'm like, what? Like it was kind of like shocking because like I said, whenever, you know, I'm on the sideline or, you know, I'm right there whenever coach Grant or uh, coach man, anybody, you know, giving checks or something like that, it was kind of like everyone was on the same page. So I don't know if like, the fans are like expecting something more when I wasn't there or like what, whatever the case may be. But to be honest, it didn't really seem like it was like a drop off at all. Well, I know that it, it had to have been frustrating playing with the hamstring that, you know, it, it's, it's tough. You want to be out there. It's not something that is like excruciatingly painful, but there's always the threat that you're going to re-injure it. And you're kind of, you're always scared to, to turn it loose, I guess, so to speak. Uh, you're always maybe not trusting it as much. Was that tough with that thing kind of lingering on you for the whole season? Right. Um, that was definitely tough. Um, I would say because whenever I, when I first did it and I rushed back for Texas, you know, with me, with it being my senior season and, you know, all the history behind the Texas and 
you know how great the rivalry is. I, I, I literally told Chris, like, as soon as I got injured, I was like, Chris, like, I have to be back for Texas. Like, it's like we have to make it happen. And so, obviously, you know, I didn't play uh, Kansas State. So, Texas week rolls around. And I didn't practice, like, the, the front half of the uh, the front half of the week. So, like, the back half, you know, I was out there. And when I go back and look at the tape now, as far as, like, the practice, and it's like I'm limping all over the tape. Like, there's no way that I, that I even should have, you know, even been on the field to even, you know, practice to prepare for them or even, you know, get on the field and play. So whenever, you know, I did re-injure it, that game, it was kind of like, okay, now I really need to take my time. And whenever, you know, I get back on the field, I need to make sure that I'm 100% ready and, you know, not really going out there trying to play at 50%. Because at the end of the day, I was just going to get hurt uh, get hurt again. And so once I did come back, I kind of, I, I felt like, you know, very confident in it. I didn't feel like, you know, I was going to do it again just because, you know, I really took the time to let it recover, let it heal. And so, yeah, once I got back, it was just full go. Now, with that Texas game, I know, you know, you, you end up crazy comeback, right? The, the mm -hmm. Caleb Williams leads, just an awesome experience at the end of the game. But that first play of the game is the one you got, you know, you re-injured the hammy on. Is right. that is that officially the your least favorite play in the history of your football career? Because what oh, was it? Fact. Was it 85, 80? It was, it was 85 yards. It was 85 yards to start the game off. And it's kind of crazy because whenever I do talk to teams, they they bring that play up. Like, they literally just – it just pops up on the screen out of nowhere, and I'm kind of like, ah. Like, I don't want to make an excuse about my hamstring. You know, at the end of the day, I have to make the play because I was there. I was in position to make it. I just didn't. And whenever they asked me, like, you know, what was wrong? Like, why are you still in on the ground after, you know, you missed a tackle? And I was like, well – you know, I was coming off of a strained hamstring, wasn't fully healed, and I, you know, I popped it again on that play trying to tackle him. And so they're like, okay, well, that's good to know. That's good to know because, you know, we're watching it. We're kind of like, why is he still on the ground? And so it helps me out. <laughs> um, I, I feel like it helps me out. But, you know, it was crazy. And I, 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 really, I really hated it, you know, taking myself back to that moment. Um, I remember going to the tent, like, as soon as it happened, and, you know, they were kind of trying to feel, you know, where, where was it and, you know, how bad was it. And so I remember they they brought me out of the tent. They were like, you jog? I was like, yeah, I can jog on it. And the funny part, I could run, like, forward, I could run. But as far as, like, me backpedaling, that's the only thing that I couldn't do. And so they were like, okay, you, it's already kind of injured. We don't want to make it worse than what it is. So we're just going to sit you out. Yeah, it's brutal. It's I, I had to fight through some of that in my career. And it's Sometimes it's running is fine, and stopping is, is what hurts really bad, too. Stopping and mm -hmm. trying to break down and tackle. Well – you know, I, I thought you fought back and, and ended up playing really well. And I know that was a bad moment, but what are some of your favorite moments? Uh, looking back at your career at Oklahoma, you played some big games, uh, had some big moments out there. What's what's some of your favorite plays and games? Um, Favorite games? I feel like when we played Baylor um, in 2019, both of those games were, were definitely, you know, they're both, the, uh, they're both at the top of the list. Um. The Texas game this last this past season was one of the top. And then as far as like, you know, my best games, I feel like uh West Virginia this past season, and then also Iowa State. Yeah. No, you were that remember it was it was so weird because that West Virginia game, it's like, hey, the defense won the game. This is the strength of the football team. And then it just and it had a lot to do with you not being on the field. Like it just flipped hat. Was that frustrating for y'all 
as a defense because like coming into the year, there was so much hype, not only the defense, but the team in general. And then it just, even though you guys were nine and oh, Mm-hmm. At one point, it like it, it just didn't feel like the team was playing to the level and like to the expectation, right? Right. Um, like you said, we were nine and oh, and it felt like we were like oh and nine. <laughs> and to be honest, like the, the coaches at the time were telling us, like, you'd rather be nine and oh, nine and oh than eight and one. And we kind of didn't understand the meaning of that until we took the loss against Baylor. And we were like, oh, my God. I remember talking to Isaiah Thomas like that Monday in the weight room. And, you know, we're 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 at the lift. And I'm like, man, like they were telling us this entire time that, you know, it would feel much better to be undefeated than with one loss. And it was like, dang, like, is it the end of the world? Like, like, like what what can we do? And as far as like defense and, and everything like that, it kind of came to a point to where it was like, you know, the defense is definitely carrying the team. And it was kind of like, you know, the, like offense, like, can, can we pick it up a little bit? Like, well, like, it'll be times where we come off like a 12 play series and then the offense to come back and they'll go three and out. And it's like, we're right back on the field. And then we're out getting like another stop. But at the end of the day, that's just our job. But it was kind of like if the offense could have just helped a little bit more then you know, I feel like it would have been, it would have been a lot better. And it would have felt like, you know, okay, we're actually winning around this place. So, you played so many games and, you know, you get to watch the guys develop around you, the young guys. And even this last year, whenever you were nursing the hamstring, you got to see some guys play some different positions and move around a little bit. When you look at the roster now on the team moving forward, who are some of the guys in that secondary that people should be excited about? Uh, number one, I'm going Billy Bowman. I'm going yeah. Billy Bowman. I'm going Justin Brawls for sure. And I'm also going uh, Key Lawrence. And it's kind of like, you know, I I really don't add any corners into that just because, you know, I'm a safety at heart. And it's not that I have anything against those corners, but it's like whenever I'm at spring practice, like I'm I'm just, I'm I'm almost just only watching the safeties as if I'm like the safeties coach. But, you know, with me being at the spring practices, those guys have have definitely, you know, taken a jump, Especially with the with the with the great defense that Coach uh, Brent Venables has, so it's like you know I feel like those guys are really gonna are really gonna you know help themselves this year and gonna gonna take the correct jump that they need. So since since pro day, you know you you've been in Norman, you you've mm-hmm. been around the team, you've been around the new coaching staff, you've been out to spring practice. How different is it? How 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 different does it feel under Brent Venables? Uh it's it's a night and day difference. Like as far as like I'm talking from from the energy to everyone's uh being held accountable from the competitive periods in practice, um, you know, just just how hard that those guys go, you know, for for the two hours or however long they're out there. And it's like, you know, I go out to practice one day and I see them starting with the Oklahoma drill, which they call W, but I'm like, whoa, like we, we never did. We never started practice like this. It's kind of like coach, coach Venables, like we were talking earlier, you know, he's that guy that, you know, is going to have that same exact sack in same exact energy every day. And it's kind of like, if you're not matching his energy or exceeding it, it's kind of like, okay, now you, you should feel like out of place. Cause that guy, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a hundred miles an hour. 24-7. He doesn't slow down. He's going to coach those guys to death. 
And, yeah, it's night and day difference. You know, I'm seeing guys, you know, take strides and just that leap from me seeing them last year to this year. And I'm talking across the board, offensively and also defensively. So I, I remember uh, I asked a question there. I think they were doing like one-on-ones or something like that. And I was, I think I asked, uh, it was like a G, I think it was Isaac Stoops, so I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, well, like, is that the same Jaleel Farouk that I, that was on the team last year? Because he looks totally different. He's he's gotten faster, he's gotten bigger, and he's just gotten better, like across the board. And so it's like, you know, with me going to practice and seeing that, just makes me like, okay, well, yeah, we're definitely headed in the right direction. We definitely we're definitely in the right hands. So you've been around. You've talked to those guys. Are they? Do they feel the same way, or do they like like the deep? Because you talked about Coach Venable's great defense. Do do the defensive guys? Do they like the defense that they've installed and that they're going to be playing? And, and do they like kind of the new stuff that you said is, is night and day? I'm sure some of them think he's psychotic, but uh, there's got to be a part of it that you see that is like, I, I could see the good in this too. Right. No, the, guy, the guys definitely love it. As far as like speaking on the defense and, you know, the calls that they're running, it's been times where, you know, I'm just chilling. Like I'm not even at practice and they've just finished up a meeting. And a few guys have called me like, trouble, you won't, you won't believe, you know, what we just put in. And I'm like, what? And they, they, they were like, flip the camera and they'll like show me like the install or they'll like just explain it to me. And they're like, man, like so, some of them are like, man, you definitely should have stayed. Like if you stayed, like you would have been drafted in the first round with this defense. I'm like, are you serious? They're like, yes. Like, the way that this guy calls plays, it's not like he just calls it. Like he has a reason for the plays that, you know, that he's calling. You know, he's a mastermind defensively. And so the guys are definitely excited about like, you know, the plays that they're running and they feel like that they're, they're going to be, you know, very successful this upcoming season. Do, do you think they know that that doesn't make you feel good? Them calling <laughs> you and being like, Hey man, you'd be a first rounder in this defense. Exactly. I'm like, and some of them are like, you know, you definitely should have stayed, but you know, you did have a great season last year. This is just me calling and being selfish. And it's, even at practice, I remember one day, uh, Jaden Davis, they were like in between periods and he was like, oh, you definitely should have stayed. He was like, I'm, I'm definitely being selfish right now. But he was like, you know, me being on the field with you and like me, you know, knowing how you play the game. Like if you were if you was in his defense, like you definitely would thrive. And like for real, he's like, I'm, like, I, I promise you. Well, and so now it actually kind of makes me feel good. But it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy for those guys that, you know, they actually have the opportunity to play in the you know, a complex defense like that. I don't think it's going to matter for you. I think you're going to be playing football in the NFL. You're going to be doing it at a high level for a long time. Uh, you got any places where you prefer to go? I know at this point it's like, just get me in there and give me a shot. But did, who were you a fan of growing up? Any any teams that, that you've had like uh, like a good interaction with and had some good chemistry mm-hmm. with? Um, well, as far as like a favorite team, the Texans used to be my favorite team, but you know, after that year where they went two and fourteen, it was like, ah, you know, I'm done with these guys. <laughs> but as far as reactions and things like that, I've had uh really great talks with the Colts, um, the Ravens, the excuse me, the Dolphins, um, the Vikings, who else? Um I don't know why I can't think of this team. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I've talked to the 49ers a little bit, but I would say the the, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Ravens will, will be like the top three. But as far as like me uh, wanting to go somewhere, I would say Miami um, just because I trained out there for a week and I love the weather. And it's like, you know, I feel like those guys are, are, are really, you know, for me talking to the coaches, like 
they really under they really use their safeties in their defense. It's kind of like their defense like controlled by their safeties. And so with me, with me walking into the building, I would I feel like I would really enjoy that. So let me explain why you should want to go to Miami. <laughs> First of all, Miami, it's not a bad spot to live. Not a bad spot right. to live. But in the AFC South, right? You've got mm-hmm. the Colts. Mm-hmm. But the other three teams, you've got the Dolphins, you've got the Tennessee Titans, and the Houston Texans. Right. Those three teams, all three of those states do not have state income tax. So if you live in Miami, if you play for the Dolphins, you don't pay any state income tax on mm-hmm. your nine home games. And then on the other couple, you don't pay. It's every year you don't pay. So it is the best oh, so division in football for not paying state income tax. That's a fun fact. Spread it yeah. spread it to the rest of your guys. That's Here's the bad reality you. that you're going to learn. You will pay income tax in every single state that you play a football game in. Which and, and that was crazy. I remember um one of whenever I was, you know, in a in the midst of signing to an agent, one of the one of the agencies that were uh trying to get me to sign with them at the time, they like once they let me know that I'm like, "What?" Like me I don't live there. The only thing I'm doing is staying there for like two days max. I'm in and out, but I still have to pay taxes for even like going there and playing. And he was like, yes. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Wait, wait till you play in a London game like I did. And you have to pay taxes to a different country. Oh my God. That's brutal. I I, want to know what that experience was like. How was it? Dude, it was amazing. So actually, so I was playing for the Bills and we played the Jaguars in the London game. And it was interesting. We, we played like the normal 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Sunday at home. Mm-hmm. And then a few hours after that game was over, we flew to London and we were there for the entire week. We drank entirely too much, which is why we were down <laughs> 21 to nothing in the first half to the Jaguars almost came back and won the game. But it was, it was an awesome experience. I know some guys are annoyed by it, but I, I, I think it's cool. I, I know the fans it's not. Did there con- enjoy it? Was there like. Yeah, uh, the place it? was packed. We played at Wembley Stadium. It was packed. They're all, <laughs> every team in the league was represented in the stands via a jersey, which was confusing. So but everyone then, just I, bring, your, bring your jerseys out no matter who it is, huh? I, the London game, the Mexico City stuff, they're doing Germany now. Man, it's, you get to see the world. Like, I. I feel right. like people complain about too much stuff, DTY. Like it, it, it was a cool, it was a really cool experience for me personally, except for losing to the Jaguars. That right. <laughs> but well, yeah. It well, like you said, hopefully Miami's the spot. That's gonna that would be awesome, and they may have some good stuff cooking up here uh, here this off season. Said again. I was I was talking whenever. Said again. No, I was saying Miami may have some good stuff cooking this offseason, too. Um, I, I like the hire they made. I, I think there's some good stuff uh, going to happen in Miami. That would be fun. I'd love to see you there. Most definitely. And uh, the team that was on the tip of my tongue was the Chiefs. Ooh. Well, that ain't bad either. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been in contact with those guys. And, uh, you know, those guys are, are the team that, one of the teams that I was talking about as far as, like, you know, when they just turn on the tape, like, they love, you know, what they see from me. And it's kind of like 
we don't care about your height, how much you weigh, things like that. It's because, like, okay, you guys just had Tyron and Matthew on, on your team, so it's kind of like you can't say anything about a height. Like, if you can make plays, you know how to play football, they just, you know, they, they, they respect that. And so I feel like that's how every team should look at it, but, you know, teams look at it however they however they please. So I know that I'll, that I'll, you know, get into an organization that really wants me there, you know, and I'll thrive, so. Yeah, okay. You are – You've become, you know, the the last season, you became a vocal leader of the team. You you talk to us in the media a lot. You you and I, we had a lot of post-game interviews together. And I have always enjoyed how insightful you are, not only as a player, but like just as a guy. And you strike me as a guy that wants to – wants to use football to like do more in mm-hmm. life. And so I'm, I'm just kind of wondering what, what are you hoping to get out of your football career? Right. Well, as far as like me helping someone, uh, I would just, you know, want to, want to be able to help, you know, even, or like a, either a community or like a, just a, a child in general, that's kind of like not living in poverty, but kind of like growing up and it's kind of like challenging for them where it's kind of like a lot of negativity uh, where like a lot of people tell them that you can't do this, you can't do that. And just being able to give, give them hope and be able to let them know that like at the end of the day, as long as you put your mind to something and you also believe in yourself and just continuously work at it, that whatever you're working for, it'll, it'll eventually work out for you. And the reason for that being is kind of like where, where I grew, where I'm from, it's kind of like I went through that a little bit. It wasn't like, you know, growing up was challenging, but it was like the people that lives here, they're kind of like, you know, no one ever makes it out of here. It's kind of like you just go to school, you graduate from high school. It's kind of like you just live your life uh, with a regular job, you know, not really doing anything. And so for me to make it out and for me to, you know, be this far, it's kind of like it, it speaks volume. So whenever, you know, I do come back here and I see like a little kid that, you know, looks up to me and things like that, I make sure that, that you know, I sit down, I talk to him, you know, Ask them, you know, just how, how have they been? You know, what are they looking forward to doing? Just always want to know, you know, like, what are your future goals? Do you have anything coming up that's important? You know, how have you been, you know, working towards, you know, getting that done? Things like that. And so I know with this with this um, profile that I have, people really be willing to, to listen to me. So, like I said, not only my hometown, but also uh, many more hometowns. It's kind of like uh kind of like growing up living in poverty or kind of like less fortunate, um, small town. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, one more, we'll let you get out of here, man. How many people you think are showing up to this spring game? I know you're going to be there, right? Because it's before the draft happens. I know you're going to be, I know you're going to be in the house for that, but what, what, what are we thinking? Let's make, make a prediction. How, How many, how many of the Sooner nation you think are showing up? Um, Okay, well, with the respect that Coach Venables has um, around Oklahoma, I feel like that's going to be at least 55,000. With the stadium sitting 84, I, I feel like we can at least get it 55,000 in, inside the stadium. That's pretty good. That's and, and pretty that, much the lower bowl pretty much packed or close to it anyways. Right, and that'll be huge. For us to get that many people in into the spring game will definitely be huge. But – I don't know. I could be lowballing, and we could have sixty-five thousand in there. Who knows? But I'm gonna go at fifty-five thousand. Uh, you know, hopefully, Sooner Nation can can make uh, can prove me wrong, 
at the end of the day, like you said, I'll be there. So I'll be looking forward to, you know, seeing how, how packed the Palace can get. He's going to count them all individually, Ted. We have Baker coming back. We have, you know, Coach Venables there as the head coach. So it's kind of like, I, I feel like, you know, those two guys right there are going to bring the crowd by themselves. And so just everybody else, you know, being able to be excited that, you know, they can come inside the Palace and watch a game, uh, you know, under a new head coach, under a new system and all those things. I feel like you, it'll get pretty packed, though, for sure. You talk to many of the other guys that uh, have graduated or or doing the draft process. You know how many of those guys are going to be there? Uh, I think everyone is going to be there. Yeah, I think everyone is going to be. There. I feel because like, because we've been on visits all over, and so I, I think everyone is flying back for the weekend, and everyone's going to be there. So it'll be a great turnout for sure, though. That that Saturday night is going to be it's going to be fun. <laughs> exactly. That's got to be fun. Well, man, hey, draft is less than two weeks away. We wish you the best, man. We're rooting for you. J just know that we all got your back, man. No matter what happens, it's about it's about what you do when you get onto a team, no matter yes. where where it is. And we know you're going to get there, and you're going to ball, man. We're, we're so excited for you. Yes, sir. I really appreciate that. All right, DTY. I appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you guys for having me on. Man, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see where he gets drafted. Guy can play, there's no doubt. Yeah, he's a stud. He can play at the next level, there's no doubt. Football guy. Um, you know, we said the kind of the same thing about Trey Norwood, football guy, right? Played a bunch of different positions. Um, but you know, Turner Yell is a guy that can play special teams, he's got good speed, he's a great tackler, and he will absolutely thump you. So I think he's he's definitely going to get a shot somewhere. And because of like how much experience he had playing at the college level, he's going to get it really quickly at the next level. So I think he'll have a good chance of catching on. Yeah. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, new sponsor, Ted's Tacos and Cantina. Who is doesn't an love awesome tacos? Bar. Say that again. What? <laughs> I said, who doesn't love tacos? Sorry, messed that, you up. No, that's a great. That's a great point. Ted's <laughs> Tacos and Cantina is an awesome bar with fantastic food, and they just dropped their latest barilla creation, the Wet Dia. This massive quesadilla is loaded with slow-cooked beef barilla, cheese, onion, cilantro, and spicy mocajete sauce and comes with a side a beef consummate for dipping. Why are you laughing at me? Because I'm so glad you didn't give me this read. <laughs> I'll say this. I, I've had the wet deal. The thing is awesome. I mean, it's really damn good. And by the way, if you're hungover, that's that's go get yourself a wet deal. It sounds Taco. like that's the way to go. Yeah, Ted's Tacos in Cantito. They'll take care of you. If you love delicious food, delicious drinks, and fantastic service, head to Ted's Tacos and Cantina. They have locations in Uptown OKC, Ada, and Ardmore. Visit TedstacoCantina.com for more information. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. 
Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Well, I thought about going with Spencer Rattler, uh, going out there for the spring game with South Carolina. Looked pretty good, pretty clean. Uh, even got in a dig at Oklahoma by uh, saying, or former Oklahoma staff saying that new strength and conditioning here at South Carolina is not even close. I've put on 10 pounds of muscle. It's so much better than where I was before. I uh, thought that was uh, pretty funny, but. It is women. funny because that, that staff no longer. And so like we can all laugh about it, right? That's right. That, it's fun. That is right. Uh, but man, women's gymnastics, dude. How about oh. that? Amazing. So they are obviously in the meet. What was there was uh, Florida, Utah, and Auburn. Auburn were in the final. And after the first rotation, the Sooners were in dead last. Wasn't looking good. Um one of the girls hit a perfect 10 for, for the other uh, teams, but they started clawing their way back. And then Reagan Smith on the, I think it was the beam. Correct. Was, is that what it was? Was the beam. Yeah, her beam routine. And Whew, nailed strong. a 996 whenever they absolutely had to have it and uh, got the win. Really, really cool. Come from behind win. Uh, they finished second last year, barely got edged out by Michigan. So coming back to win this thing was awesome. That was so cool to see them go out and do it again. Yeah. Did you see, I don't know if I think it was real, but like KJ Kindler holding up something that said, like, if you're going to pick against Oklahoma, like this is the year to do it. I don't, did you see that on Twitter? Uh -uh. I don't no. know what it was for. I, I was confused. I will say this. I don't know a lot about gymnastics. I'll fully admit that I base, I base the way I'm feeling about how a gymnast just did in their routine. I base my reaction off their reaction, right? If, yeah. if they're super excited, then I'm like, yes. And after the first rotation for OU, <laughs> I was, I was not feeling good because the, the team, the squad didn't seem they didn't seem overly thrilled with their no. performance. What was it? Floor routine? I think that's what it was. And yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And the rest of the way, like they were losing it. And I watched the entire thing on ABC and I was like, they were so fired up. And I was like, Durr! I was clapping. I didn't know what I was clapping for, but I knew they were excited. So I knew I should be excited. And when they crushed the balance beam, they were all losing their mind. I'm like, really celebrate my wife's like what do did they do good i was like i don't know but look how excited she is and yeah they won the national really title cool. <laughs> really cool um not shocked whenever ou wins a gymnastics national title um we've come to expect that which is scary whenever those are your expectations but really really cool proud of them kj kindler is uh, an absolute stud of a coach. She's been killing it. A lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah, what? Fifth? Fifth title? Is that right? Fifth, fifth title. Yep, that's right. 
That's dominant. Uh, that'll do. That'll definitely do. Okay, this is the picture I'm talking about. It's her. It says if there is a year when it is actually safe to predict Oklahoma not winning, this is the year. And she's huh. like holding it up. I don't know. Is this photoshopped? It might be. I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if that is like one of those things where they just find a picture of you holding something and put something in there. It could I don't be. Know. I could be being duped. Maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe but that's hey. someone else saying that, and she's saying, "Here's it's printed out. This is I. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. It was all over Twitter. I. It, it turns out it was a terrible year to pick against the Sooners. Uh, it turns out. All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Well, I guess I had to go with anyone out there that thought Alabama was going to uh, lose some talent offensively after losing their running back, uh, Brian Robinson, who, who had been there forever. Uh, the Jameer Gibbs kid in the spring game, uh, nine carries, 100 yards, had a 75-yard touchdown, and this kid is an absolute beast. Nick Saban in the post game was asked about him. And Nick Saban rarely says anything good about anyone. He's like, does it stand out to you? Fast is fast, right? The guy getting to top speed is obvious. He gives us something at the running back position because he's really good at pressing the holes. He's got a great burst, gets to top speed quickly, sets up his blocks, like just glowing over him. Very good running back, very good receiver, great third down back. So they're loving this kid. Scary. Uh, adding him to, to all of those weapons. He's a transfer from Georgia Tech. And, man, I know there was a bunch of people that were hoping they had a shot at him. I was hoping that Oklahoma had a shot at possibly getting him in. But that dude's going to be a stud for Bama. Did, and I watched pretty much all of that spring game. Did you see who caught the first pass from Bryce Young? No. Jermaine Burton was the wide receiver at Georgia. Massive, fast. Yeah. Caught caught the like it was like a 22-yard pass on like the first play. And afterwards, guess who Nick Saban said is their most consistent receiver throughout the spring? <laughs> I'm guessing the gigantic kid from Georgia. Yeah, Jermaine Burton. He's like, yeah, he's been he's been the most consistent guy in that room. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. Because he was pissed at the rest of his uh, wide receivers at the national championship game. Uh, remember all, all the talk? Oh, everyone wants to play, right? Everyone wants to, pre to prepare, and here they they have an opportunity to go in in the big game, and we get nothing out of them. So <laughs> this kind of sums it some summed it all up right there. But another scary thing about it: um, Bryce Young did not have a very good day. Uh, Fourteen to twenty nine, hundred fifty three yards with an interception. Um, you know. I guess he did some other really good things, but from our experience around here, the worse you play in the spring game, the better season you have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, their offensive line is to be interesting, right? They lost they, some dudes. They lost some dudes. And now I know they added the steam kid from Vanderbilt. We'll see if he ends up being a starter for them. I would assume, I mean, I would assume it, you, he was a starter at Vanderbilt. So you leave there to go to Bama. I don't know. It'd be, be silly if you didn't end up starting because you're playing in the SEC either way. And they'll, if you're playing at a high level, they'll find you. But I don't know. that That's the big question mark for that team for me is is what they look like up front offensively. But yeah. who knows? I, I didn't I didn't watch much of it, but I just saw some of the highlights. Uh, I've read some of Saban's comments, and he, 
he mentioned the offensive line and the uh, the front their front seven and how far ahead they are than the offensive line. I guess they had a ton of sacks in the game. Yeah, no, it was a lot of like just a pocket collapsing on Bryce Young and them just blowing it dead. And Will Anderson, <laughs> Will Anderson abused both tackles. I felt like uh, Ted. It was, it was like if if there wasn't a ref there to blow it dead, Will Anderson would have killed Bryce Young. Well, that's not shocking. I mean, he's the best player is, in college football. Yeah, he, he had the argument of being that last year, which you know is crazy, and and he's going to be back. So uh, he may like. Is there a chance that he like where would he be on the Heisman list? Has has anyone put him on there? Because there was people talking about him last year that he should have been like more in the running. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first, scrolling, scrolling. He's got it. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a twelve to one student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors. Make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember, back in 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best in glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen and became the first American distillery to win that competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but yes, the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with Jordan Spieth. Won the RBC Heritage in a playoff against Patrick Cantlay. Just a luscious bunker shot from Spieth, a tap-in, par to win it. Has What's won Cantlay back- doing? Kelly's got a nine iron, wide open green. Spieth's already put it in the bunker. A nine iron in, and he does the same thing. Has a fried egg in the bunker. Come on, man. Lowry, Lowry collapses on the back, chips into the water whenever he's got the lead. That was, that was shocking when he did shocking. that. Shocking. Threw the green into the water. I'll say this: it made for great entertainment uh, for Sunday afternoon. Uh, do you want to you want to hear something that I don't think you're going to love? Mm-hmm. Spieth has now won back to back tournaments on Easter Sunday. Do you do you want to venture and take a guess what uh what tournament will be concluding 
on Easter Sunday in 2023? Masters? The Masters. I don't, I'm not worried about that. I can't wait to watch you have to watch Spieth win the Masters. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so great. Yeah, yeah. How do you do it again this year? Missed cut. I'm just saying. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. I also thought about going with Tyrese Maxey from the 76ers. Oh, my gosh. That dude was red hot. And he was, like, moving at a different speed than the rest of the guys in the game. It was crazy. It was fun to watch. Yeah, a 38-piece for Maxey in Philly's game one win against the Raptors. And I'll say this. I thought that was going to be a fun series. And... Scotty Barnes going down. That looks bad. I mean, Embiid just stomped his ankle. I I don't know. I just don't – without Barnes healthy, he's been an awesome and arguably the rookie of the year. Like, without Scotty Barnes, I just – I'm not sure that's going to be much of a series between those two teams. Philadelphia, I'll give them credit. Philadelphia looked good, man. They looked real good. They did. They looked really, really good. But – it does help whenever one of your role players goes off for 38 and hits absolutely everything that he throws up. What was he like eight of 10 from three or something crazy like that? It was awesome. It was fun to watch though, but my winner of the weekend. Yeah. The Oklahoma city thunder baby. God bless you. New Orleans Pelicans. I love you guys. Brandon Ingram. You're the man. Hell yes. Pelicans. They were down 13 points in the fourth quarter on the road. Didn't matter. Came back and beat the L.A. Clippers in the play-in game. And just give me all of the shots of Steve Ballmer being pissed off. I want to see them all, camera guy. Keep showing Ballmer. But it was a big deal for the Thunder. And here's why. So the Thunder owned the Clippers' 2021 or 2022 first-round pick. And... The Clippers losing that game makes their first round pick in this upcoming draft. It was slotted. It will be slotted to be the 12th pick. Now, that's the 12th pick instead of being the 15th pick. The top 14 picks in the NBA draft are part of the NBA draft lottery. So theoretically, if the ping pong balls bounce correctly, that 12th pick could be even higher. Now there's like a one point something chance it's it actually ends up as the first pick. That's probably not gonna gonna happen. But if, if it ends up being the tenth pick, it's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. it already moving up the three spots from fifteen to twelve. Like that's already a big deal. But the fact that it could end up being you know nine or ten or even eleven, whatever. Like that's that's a huge deal for the Thunder because it feels like. This draft is huge for them. So you combine the Clippers pick that is now slotted to be 12th. We'll see how the lottery goes. And you combine that with the Thunders pick that's slotted to be the fourth pick. We'll see where that one ends up as well. They also have the Suns first round pick. So they've got three first round picks. And I think they have the 34th pick. So like an early second rounder as well. But this is this is the break we needed, baby. This is the journey to the 2025 NBA title starts with that Clippers loss. Ted, we needed it, baby. We needed it. Some good assets there. Do you think, uh, not to go on a draft tangent, but you think they make those picks or they package some of that stuff to, to do something with it? I, I, I feel like I have 
I've learned enough to not even try to even venture a guess what Sam Presti's going to do. Like, yep. It's not even, you know, I, I know a lot of people do that for a li- living. Yeah. And I look at the mock drafts and I look at all that stuff and I'm, you know, I've got my sources and all that, There's but way too many moving parts in an NBA draft. Presti's not telling anyone anything. Yep. I mean, but it's still exciting. It was so fun watching the Clippers lose. Oh my gosh. I was thrilled. I'm down. I love it. In in the lottery is a good thing. Two times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. For my loser of the weekend, thought about going with whoever was in charge of the audio for the Timberwolves Grizzlies broadcast on Saturday. Did you see that? I watched most of the game, but for whatever reason, we didn't have it. We didn't have it turned up. We were just kind of it was just kind of on in the background. Well, lucky you, because that noise that ESPN broadcasted was, like, excruciating. <laughs> and then you heard him, like, they because they lost the audio, and then you heard him doing the countdown. The play-by-play ga- play guy was like, 10, 9, <laughs> 8. It was so funny. I felt so bad. But um, the I guess the only thing weirder that happened in that game was the lady that chained herself to the basket. Is that what happened whenever – like they thought they dropped the confetti early. No, listen, all I saw, like the lady chained herself to the basket. <laughs> and it, I think the chain had to be plastic. Cause it looked like they ended up breaking it with a broom, but like you, you have first, you had glue lady and now you've got chained yourself to the basket lady. I mean, what the hell is going on with these fans? I think they should have just left her there. Just left her chain to the uh, basket. Dude, she was literally chilling right underneath right. the basket for a while before anyone even noticed. It's like, you want to be chained to the stanchion? You can stay chained to the stanchion and just let that be the punishment. Just leave her there. Oh, <laughs> you're staying. That Actually, that would have been good. But my loser of the weekend, I can't believe. <sighs> oh, you softball. We got to do it. We got to do it. I know. This, I feel like. I feel like you, when you kept doing OU basketball over and over again during basketball season, but Hey, I don't think you'll have to do this over and over again. Excellence is the expectation, right? It is the expectation. And OU softball went to Austin. Now they won the series. They did, but they suffered their first loss of the season, moving them to 38 and one in the series finale on Saturday, lost four to two. It snapped a 40-game winning streak for the program. It gave Texas their first win over OU since 2014. The Sooners had beaten them 23 times in a row. Now, was it a little goofy how hard Texas celebrated? Yes. Did they act like they won the national championship? Yes. But, and I hate to say this, they should celebrate the way that they celebrated. They hadn't beat them since 2014. They'd lost right. 23 times in a row. Yeah, go crazy. Like, Don't I act saw, like although, you've been there because we know you haven't been no, there. No one on that team had been there. You can't be like, act like you've been there. Celebrate with class. It's like, no. Like, it's no, we're going nuts. We just beat a team that, you know, kind of had the aura of invincibility, which... Now, I do want to give a, what is her name? Haley Dolcini, Dolcini, whatever it was, the pitcher from Texas. Hey, she threw a gem, man. 
She was great in the circle for the Longhorns. She was great. Credit to her. Jordy Ball, I mean, the Texas showed she's she can be human, right? But it's also possible that OU, while they're the loser, they're also the winner because I now I, I don't love that the loss came against Texas. I don't. I in fact I hate it. But there has to be a little bit of Patty Gasso that is like feeling a little relief, a little anger, and the team no longer has the pressure of trying to put together an undefeated season, which you, you can take a breath without having that pressure on the team. It also allows Patty Gasso to get after them even more than she already does in practice. Losing has a way of refocusing a team. And I think that that is exactly what this will do. And Man, it just sucks that it happened against Texas. Why? Why? Yeah. Any other team, man? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I do. I undefeated would be amazing. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I was eyeing that. Was a 52, 54 game winning streak uh, that that was out there to chase that down would have been awesome. Um, but you know. I, I do think for the, the long haul that something like this sometimes is healthy. You won the series. You didn't lose the series. You dropped a game, and it's exactly right because it sounds like Coach Gasso's been on this team pretty hard anyways, and this is an opportunity to, for her to say, I told you so, right? You're not as good as you think even though maybe they are, I, I, you know, I don't know the dynamics that are going on there, but um, this will definitely be fuel for coach. And there's no doubt that that pressure is there on an undefeated season. Whenever you've got a 40 game winning streak going, there's no doubt that maybe people aren't talking about it and you're just kind of going out and doing your thing, but it's there, right. And it's kind of hovering over everyone. So I think it, it probably is a little bit of a relief for them even if they they don't admit it or really even know it. But I think there's going to be a new hunger when they take the field, which is good. Yeah, no doubt. And listen, the expectations for this team are ridiculous, right? That, they're unrealistic. It's like, you know, they won that first game, and I saw people being like, man, it almost felt like they lost because they didn't run rule Texas. Like, if they don't run rule a team, it, it almost feels like they lose. And that's just, that's where they're at as a program. So when they actually do lose a game, yeah, the other team's going to go nuts. It's like when a team beats Bama in football. Right. I mean, yeah. it just, you don't see it very often. So, yeah, I, that was painful to watch. Painful to watch, but knowing that it's best for them in the long run. That's what I'm holding on to here. That's Ted. right. That's right. In the end, it doesn't matter. Bring home the championship. Absolutely. On that note, episode 206 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop maybe Wednesday, a little earlier than Wednesday, because we're, we're going to record in the morning on Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
for just one more time.